chosen me now to carry your son. I am waiting in a silent prayer. I am frightened Must I walk this path alone? Be with me now. Be with me now. Breath of heaven, hold me together before. Should have had my place, but I offer all I am for the mercy of your plan. Help me be strong.
Ma'am, and just as Nicole has already said, Jesus came to to die. He was born so that he could die, and that's what this this song is all about. Please take him to the back. There's a rose in the 
been so blessed this uh, season and the songs that have just lifted up the name of the Lord and thank you Nicole for what you shared and I know that was difficult to share and even uh, more difficult to live and I appreciate you. Um, what a blessing. What a reminder of just how good God is. Amen. Well, <clears throat> in just a few moments we will uh, have an invitation, an opportunity to pray and to make things uh, right between the Lord and us and 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 uh, laterally as well between us and our brothers and sisters in Christ. And of course the Lord told us that we ought to do this often and it's for that purpose that we do it because, you know, when you're off course, the farther you travel at that, you know, direction, the farther you're going to be off course down in the future. And so the purpose in that, one of the purposes in that is so that we can get back on track. And so to, today, real briefly, I want to um, share a few things about this very familiar uh, Christmas story, Christmas narrative uh, that we have. And of course, we've touched on them over the last few weeks, but uh just want to remind us of how wonderful God is to you and I and the point um, of this season. And we'll be in and out of Luke chapter 1 in different places, but I want to begin over in Luke chapter 1. And I want to begin actually down in verse 26. So if you want to find that, Luke chapter 1, and if you would... Would you please stand this morning as we honor the reading of God's Word? And I tell you what, we'll just go ahead um, and we'll read from verse 26 down through verse 30 as you follow along there in your copy of God's Word. Luke chapter 1 beginning in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Let's uh, join our hearts in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the great grace and mercy in which you have called us and loved us and saved us. And that, Lord, today heaven is our home because of your finished work on the cross. Thank you, Father, that you do not save us because of who we are, where we come from, what lineage we have. We're all sinners. We all come from Adam. Thank you, God, that the basis of salvation is for everyone. It's always faith. It's always belief. It's always repentance. And Father, as the Scriptures tell us this morning, whosoever will, let him come. That you gave your precious Son the greatest gift given to humanity. And whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life, no ending in sight, God. Thank you for that precious gift. And may we honor you, Lord, in obedience, and may we be honest in our heart of hearts today. 
May we come to you in our greatest time of need and for our greatest need, which is not things or stuff, but it's salvation. It's life, eternal life. So, Lord, let us ponder those things today as we go through your word. And may you be glorified in it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. As I share these truths with you this morning, as we began here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, we understand that Mary was a young lady, and there's plenty of debate on how young she may have been, but she was certainly a teenager. It was very common in that uh, culture that you would be married by the age of 15. And, uh, and so, most likely, she was very young. And the scriptures tell us that she was uh, inexperienced, mainly because of, of her age. Uh, being around for some time allows you to have perspective and insight and learn things that uh, the younger generation does not uh, know. But we understand that God here in the scripture shows us that he was miraculously uh, involved in the life of Mary and that he used Mary for his purposes. And that is how God works. We need to understand that nobody is too inexperienced to be used by God. Sometimes we think that when we get saved that we have to put our time in. Well, the reality is the devil wants us to believe that because as we put our time in, so to speak, we lose our zealousness for God. We lose the fire in our hearts for what we've received in Him. And so oftentimes as we sit to think for some reason that we have to have seniority before we do something, our gifts dwindle, our time goes away, and we miss out on the opportunity to be used mightily by God. Mary shows us a number of things in her life, but she shows us that nobody should think they are too inexperienced to be used by God. There's another thing that we understand uh, here in the Scripture as well. Down in verse 38, it tells us that Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, and let it be to me according to your word, and that the angel departed from her. Uh, you know, when we feel often that God is leading us to do something, obedience is always the right and proper response. Uh, there were a number of questions that she had, but at the end of the day, we are called to obey Him, and we get the privilege and the thrill of, uh, of joining Him in His work. We think about, well, what do we have to offer and I know we've said this a number of times, but, but at the end of the day, God takes our availability. Are we available? He takes our availability, and He uses that to be a part of His wonderful plan. We need to understand something. When we obey God, we get to be a part of this huge, phenomenal uh, sovereign plan of God, that, that we are part of a greater plan of God intricately working all things together for His glory. And that's what Mary was. He didn't use the wisest of the day. He didn't use the most religious of that day. But He chose to use a very young girl for His purposes and for His glory. There's another thing that we understand in Luke chapter 1. Down in verse 46 it says, that Mary said that my soul magnifies the Lord 
and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And you know what we call that? We call that praise. In the midst of news that no doubt would overwhelm her, in the midst of that, she responded to God's desire to work in her life and to bring about all of these wonderful things in her life, she responded in praise. And we need to understand a great truth this morning that when God answers prayer, when, when God works in our lives, the proper response is praise, is acknowledging God for who He is and for what He's done. Uh, one of the things that, that as a dad, you, you, I'm trying to get my children to understand the importance of not just prayer, but writing down what you are praying for. And so that way, when God answers it, and who knows? Nicole made a, a, a great point, 62 years, 62 years to bring a man to salvation. How many things do we often pray for and, and, and it may be years down the road, God answers them, but we never really take a mental note of it because we haven't taken the time to write it down and to be burdened about it so that when God answers it, it builds this track record in, of, in our life where we praise God for what He does. I mean, think about it for just a moment. If you were out here telling someone about Jesus, and somebody who, who was agnostic to God. Not, and I, I really, I don't buy the idea that people are atheists because we're all worshiping something. It just depends on what the God is, right? But I believe people are agnostic. They don't know or, or think that, that God is who we may think He is. And if we're trying to explain God, or we're trying to tell somebody about God, and they looked at us eyeball to eyeball and said, You tell me. I want you to tell me. Give me five things you know God has done in your life. Could you name them? Because when God works wonders in our life, the right response is praise. And you know what praise is? Praise is telling, praise is singing, and praise is showing it. Amen. Another thing that we find over in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 24, the Scriptures tell us that when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, we understand in the context of that scripture what's going on. Joseph's betrothed wife is pregnant. And she's explained it to him, but he has his doubts. And in his mind, we are, we're understanding in the scriptures that, that he is desiring to put Mary away privately. In other words, he's wanting to seek a private divorce, one that would not cause a lot of ruckus because he cared for her, but that he wanted, he felt he had been betrayed uh, because he understood how this process worked and he felt betrayed. And so he wanted to secretly, but definitively, he wanted to divorce, to break off uh, that uh, engagement and arrangement. And yet, after the angel revealed to him that what Mary had told him was true and that he was given instruction how to properly approach this in a way that was right with God's plan, you know what he still had to do? He had to act on it. 
in faith. And we need to understand this truth this morning. That the harder the situation we find ourselves in in life, the greater amount of faith it will require. It will. It will, it will absolutely, whatever that situation is, the harder it is, the more faith it's going to require on your, on your part. And you know how we build that? We build it like any other thing. When we see the track record of God. And we have experienced God in smaller things. So when the big things come, and we know they will come, amen? They will come. How will we have the faith to get over that spiritual mountain? The harder the situation, the greater the faith that is required. Back over in Luke chapter 1 there in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. A, a direct fulfillment and a quote of Scripture of what God will be doing. We need to understand as much as we are grateful and as much as we benefit, that Jesus is our Lord, that He is our Savior, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. We need to understand that at the end of the day, God is the sovereign God over everything. He's not a king, He is the king. He is the king of kings and He is the Lord of lords. He is the ruler as enthroned as the Lord over every nation. We must never forget that. The truth is that we should always approach Jesus with reverence and honor. His name is not a slang word to be used in our frustration, but he is a name, His name is to be honored and reverenced for the King that He is. Luke chapter 2, there in verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. There are a number of things in Scripture that God promises. And we see in the Word of God a fulfillment of those things. The, the, the Bible is a testimony to God fulfilling His promises, to, to achieve His promises. Sometimes... By, by strange ways. And when we think about the Christmas narrative of, of how the King, how the Savior would be brought into the world, I mean, it's, it's unusual to us. Who thinks like that? God thinks like that. He thinks in ways that are above our ways, higher than our ways. Uh, he confounds the wise. The Word of God is a testimony of Him achieving His work and his purposes. He promised. He promised David someone from his lineage would always be on the throne. The scriptures fulfill that. And we understand just as Jesus uh, came to fulfill the scripture in his first coming. And just as he came to fulfill the scriptures with respect to his purpose. And what he would do to redeem us. Check and check, and we understand, he said, I'm going to prepare a place, I'm coming to receive you, and guess what? Check. It's going to happen, amen? 
God's word is a testimony of him achieving his purposes. We understand in Luke chapter 2 verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. I tell you, we use a lot of words in our culture today, uh, authentic, awesome, and these kinds of buzzwords around things, and we understand that we value things even in our culture today, but there is nothing, there is nothing more authentic, no, nothing so amazing and awesome as the God of the universe taking on human form to save His creation. There, there, there's not a greater authentic way to present that. The Bible says that just at the right time, so many times we wonder about God's timing. And rightly so, because we, you know, we count birthdays, we count days down to this, that, or the other. We have a calendar, it may reside in our kitchen, and we go by it, we know the day of the week, or we, maybe we should, uh, but uh, we know the day of the week, we got to go to work, we know a time we got to get there, a time we hope to leave. We're, we're fascinated with time. Time, time rules us. We, we, we work a certain way. We save a certain way because we understand there's coming a day when we're not going to work in the way we are right now in hopes that when that day comes, we'll be able to relax a little bit and still live and have some food to eat. Amen? Our, our whole lives are centered around past, present, future things, you know? God doesn't look at things the way. He said just at the right time, His Son was born of a woman under the law to redeem those under the law. There's not a thing you can cry out to God today about that He doesn't understand. Because He lived among us. Human nature has not changed. Society has not changed. We have different ways of sinning, but it's still the same old sin. Idolatry and covetousness, all of these things, they just show themselves up in different ways. God incarnation is an amazing thing. And there's not a thing that we can call upon or call to Him about that He doesn't understand. Luke chapter 2 verse 8, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. They were sore afraid. You need to understand this morning that God places a tremendous value on the lowly and the lost. You say, nobody cares. I'm going to tell you, God cares. God will always care. God gave His life to tell you, spread His arms out on a cross, that He loves you and that He cares about you. Scriptures tell us that nobody would die for the ungodly. Some people might even think about dying for good people, but nobody would die for the ungodly. God demonstrated His love for us in that while we were sinners, He died for us. You, you know, you, you may work with people that don't care. I'll give you that. You may live with people that might not care. And, and, and this time of year for you may be a very difficult time because of difficult people. But I want to tell you, God cares. He always has cared, 
and he always will care. And you and I have the opportunity to take care, take care of our sinful situation because of his unfailing love until the day <coughs> excuse me, that we leave this place. God places a tremendous value on the lowly and the lost, and we should too. <coughs> a couple things real quick along that same line. We find in Luke chapter 2, verse 17, and when they saw it, they may known the saying that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The gospel's not meant to be a secret. The goodness of God's not meant to be a secret. What God's doing in your life and when He answers prayer, it's not meant to be a secret. People need to hear what God is doing. People need to know that God is a God who answers prayers and He listens and He saves. We're called to openly speak about the saving good grace of our Lord Jesus. And finally, one more thing. And this will lead us into us coming today to share in communion. Matthew chapter 2 verse 3 says that when Herod the king heard this news, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. It wasn't that Herod was scared, he was threatened. That the family feud and the dysfunction in Israel so long ago, what had happened repeatedly in generations, starting, you know, there in Abraham, and, and certainly in Isaac, and even in Jacob. The dysfunction in the family, favored over the non-favored, this plays itself all the way out to where Herod, here he is, that Edomite, part of the wrong lineage, but desires to be that king. And though he could call himself that, he wasn't. And see, we can sit here today and we can think, well, we're right with God because I do good things. Or we're right with God because I'm not as bad as the other person. But that's not the standard. See, we're either in the family of God or we're not in the family of God. And there, those are only one or two things that you can be a part of. Both of those things cannot be true. You can't be in and out at the same time. See, we need to understand something about Jesus. Whether we like to hear this or not, Jesus is divisive. Not only does He divide history between before Christ and then in the year of our Lord, but He, he defies this idea in our culture today especially that God just wants to be Mr. Nice Guy and the way we achieve goodness and come to faith in Christ is by being nicer than Jesus. And it doesn't work like that. Jesus did not come to affirm us in our sin. He came to save us from our sin. And His life and His ministry and His desires for His church through the ages has and will always be counter to the culture. Jesus is a divisive figure. He turned over the money changers in the temple. He drove them out with whips. You can do a lot of things with Jesus, but He brings us to a decision to make. We're either saved or we are lost. And all the good intentions that we have cannot save us. 
will not fail. This story and what we celebrate at Christmas is about God's provision for us. God's sacrifice to us so that we could live in right relationship with Him. And having made that profession of faith, we are to continue living in right relationship with Him, in fellowship with Him, and in fellowship with one another by taking part in communion often in remembrance of Him, of what He did, so that we can have this family relationship with God and with each other. So as we bring this to a close, and the choir is going to come and sing an invitation, I just ask if there's anything that you need to do with respect to your relationship with the Lord or your relationship with others, that you would seek this time to do that. There's not a greater day than today to be saved. And that is our biggest issue. That is our biggest problem. Would, would, would we take an honest, sincere look at our lives today? Are we really justified before God? Have we done what is required in Scripture? To know, to know that we are saved. Not to hope so, not to think so, but to know so. As the choir comes, would you bow your heart in prayer with me this morning? Lord, I thank you this morning. We can say that salvation is free because, God, you have paid for it at the highest of all prices. God, you shed abundantly your sinless blood for sinners such as I. And Lord, your word says that today is the day, now is the appointed time. And I pray that if there are any today that are lost, we're not where we need to be. There's division, there's bitterness, there's anger, there's discord. Lord, we'd seek to reconcile that first and foremost with you, but also with one another. And as we sing this invitation this morning, I pray that you would draw people to the cross. Save us, Father, we pray. In the matchless and the wonderful name of Jesus, amen.
This time I want to ask our deacons if y'all would to come on up and get us started here. time if our deacons would come forward we're going to bless the bread and we'll uh, hand out both the bread and the juice and then we'll read scripture and we'll take part in it together.
I'm going to ask our deacons if you'll come and we'll pray for the abuse.
And on the night of our Lord's betrayal, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he blessed and broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup, he gave thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The Lord would go on to say that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I be with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. It is our desire this morning to understand that this is a picture of the Lord's return. It is a picture of our home going. And as we leave this place today, I pray that you have just the merriest of Christmases. And uh, God is so good to us. He's blessed us in so many ways. And as we close out on another year, and we're about to begin another year, uh, we just honor God for being uh, the sovereign that He is. We're so blessed. Brother Steve, will you lead us in Blessed Be the Tithe? It's page 387 in your Baptist hymnal if, if you're not familiar with it. And we will dismiss with this hymn. The tithe that